Hello and welcome to Sound Business, the podcast all about audio and the people that make it. I'm Jim Salverson and on today's podcast we're going to be looking at what the audio intentions are of the big tech giants, particularly when it comes to podcasting. This topic is inspired by particularly the recent news that's come out of Facebook and YouTube regarding their audio strategies. Facebook pretty much reversing out of the space entirely after some very positive early noises whilst YouTube seems to be making a real concerted effort to attract podcasters to their platform, which is already very successful in terms of podcast listening. To talk about this topic, I've invited Matt Deegan onto the podcast, a man at the forefront of radio and audio, the founder and creative director of Folder Media, the brains behind the British Podcast Awards, and the man who knows most of what there is worth knowing about the podcasting industry. So let's get into it and see if we can work out exactly what those tech giants want to do with audio. Welcome to Sound Business for a record second time. You're the first guest ever to appear on two sound businesses. Wow. Matt Deegan, how are you doing, Matt? I'm good, I'm good. Nice to be here. Good. Uh, well, it's a standard question that I always ask people when we start this podcast. I've asked how you are, but where are you today? Uh, so today uh, I'm in Wellin, near Welling Garden City, in my in my little office, and it's a, a cold, a brisk cold day, so I'm very happy to be inside talking to you. Well, lovely to speak to you. Today we're going to be talking about what Facebook and what YouTube are doing or not doing in the world of podcasting right now, two of the biggest social media platforms that over the last month have laid out some very different plans for podcasting. Facebook seemingly reversing completely from the audio space, whilst YouTube are talking the talk, certainly, about what they're doing in podcasting and potentially becoming the next big destination for podcast discoverability. It remains to be seen whether they're actually going to be able to walk the walk, however. So let's start with Facebook. Now, a couple of months back, I and a lot of other people were quite excited about what Facebook could potentially do in the podcasting space and how they were going to integrate audio into their platform. Those plans hit the buffers a few months back when they reversed from their podcasting decisions. And then recently they've announced the closure of their live audio rooms as well. Is that it for Facebook's audio strategy, do we think? Is it completely game over? Well, it just shows that we're always at the mercy of these big digital companies. And like you, I was incredibly enthusiastic about Facebook getting into podcasting. I thought it was a great opportunity to bring podcasting like to the next big chunk of audience, you know, more mainstream internet users who maybe hadn't really kind of thought about podcasting mm. yet. They have a great platform that reaches a lot of people. But maybe if we looked at it early on, it was a little bit hokey and, and wasn't the greatest start. And it's hard, you know, it's the challenge for Facebook was, you know, how their app works is very important to them and speed and downloads and all these things. And what dynamic audio has, you know, for, for podcasts, you know, when audio is requested, it forms files which have ads in and all these different things. And they were having trouble coping with that. Also, because of the way people swipe through the feed. It was requesting lots of podcasts from hosts. Uh, and I was talking to one host and they were saying since they'd launched it, something like 10 times as much audio was being requested, but not listened to because people were just kind of flick, flicking through it. So everyone had kind of problems right. with it. And I think they just saw it to be much harder than they thought. And also quite an entrenched community. Like, you know, if you make podcasts that have commercial messaging in you understand how that works and why that works and what's important for you. And I think Facebook hadn't really thought about that, some of that stuff. I don't think they had put many people on it. And then since then, they've obviously 
cut you know around 10,000 jobs they're not in a great financial position a lot of investments in the metaverse so you know, they've made lots of cuts and sort of their slightly hokey hasn't really connected audio platform and live live rooms their kind of clubhouse competitor probably was an obvious thing for them to go oh let's not concentrate on that uh, but I still think it's a massive shame that they ha- they haven't chosen to support you know something that's that's huge and would be a good fit for them. I mean, if they wanted to, they could have definitely owned. I think podcasting. I think they they would be in mm. a great position to have done really done really well with it. And now, obviously, YouTube are having their go. I mean, in terms of Facebook, it does feel like a massive missed opportunity, doesn't it? Because it's it's a familiar story where a tech giant comes in and says, "I fancy having a go at audio." Doesn't really do it properly, then goes hang on, this isn't working and reverses out of that space. You know, I see this a lot in radio as well. And when we were caught up before, we were talking about Amazon's foray into sort of radio type programming. Mm. And the problem is that everyone is a radio listener or podcast listener. It just seems so easy. It just seems so easy, doesn't it? Like you just get people talking <laughs> on the radio, making a program. It's really easy. Uh, and actually, you know, you might not realise that listening to, to me talk to you here, but uh, actually it's quite hard. And um requires some skill and some thought and some understanding and some expertise and there's a long list of companies that think it's easy to do and then suddenly like oh okay there are more complexity than than it seems as for youtube as you mentioned they've been making some podcastery noises over the last few months what are we seeing happening there at the moment well youtube is a great platform for podcasting it's always been a big platform for podcasting even though it's not really a podcast host and this is where you're sort of podcast completists or or originalists get a bit grumpy because um if you talk to consumers like normal normal people in the street and you ask what podcast they listen to a lot of people who watch slash listen to some videos on youtube regard those as podcasts if you have three guys and it's always guys three guys around a table shooting the breeze with microphones in front of them now, whether that's distributed on Apple Podcasts or not, a lot of consumers will say, oh, that's a podcast. Also, there's been a small number of very popular shows, podcasts that have done well on YouTube. So probably Joe Rogan is your your big one. But even like sort of stuff like Twit and you know This Week in Tech and a lot of other stuff. And also what we've seen is a lot of YouTubers who had YouTube channels before who've launched podcasts and obviously they're on YouTube too. So even though there's sort of a small number of shows compared to, you know, the full catalogue on YouTube, they're the big ones. They're popular with younger people and younger audiences. And a lot of those audiences have said, I would like to consume podcasts that way. And they just see it as a, a native podcast platform. So YouTube have suddenly gone, oh, we're a podcast platform. We should maybe do some more stuff around podcasts. So they've hired a head of podcasts, um, a guy called Kai in America, and they're sort of building out their team. Again, it's still all a bit of a mess. And I spoke to some of the YouTube people earlier this year, and I wasn't entirely convinced they understood a huge amount about the thing they were jumping into. But, you know, they're bright bunch. I'm sure they can pick it up. Uh, and they're obviously a very successful company. Hmm. YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world after Google. It's obviously a huge destination site. And again, a huge opportunity for podcasters. So what they they published recently is sort of a 60-page guide for podcasters on, on getting their show on YouTube. And I've had a, a read and a flick through. And if I'm honest, I look at it and go, this is the same sort of stuff they say if you're launching a YouTube channel. Because in effect, that's kind of what they're saying mm. for you to do is launch a YouTube channel around your show. There are some 
little hints at perhaps where they're going with it. So a lot of the instructions are normal YouTube instructions, things like have a good description, make sure that your artwork <laughs> pops, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then they're saying if you've got we uh, create a playlist of your episodes to sort of match your RSS feed. I mean, and I think that's, if I'm guessing at their direction of travel, it's like maybe sort of you'll then sort of tick a box or say this is a podcast playlist and then suddenly it'll start to appear in something. Um, obviously, what a lot of podcasters would like to do is kind of connect it to RSS in some way so that it imports your feed and then does something with it. But what we know, and I, so one of my big projects, I run a children's radio and audio network called Fun Kids, and we've done a lot of kind of YouTube with audio stuff. And basically, if it's plain audio with a waveform, people don't really consume it in YouTube much. What they want to see, they want to see a proper engaging video with, yeah. with the people, even if they're sort of listening to it in the background. A lot of people are listening to this stuff or watching these YouTube videos in the background, a bit more like radio or, or, or podcasting. They do want something a bit more. So this idea that, hey, I'll be able to plug in my audio, my RSS feed and suddenly it will become a video is probably a bit of a leap. What I think it's interesting what Spotify are doing with video, which is they can take a sort of audio feed, then you can kind of attach a video to an episode. And then people who want to watch it get that and people who listen get the audio. And it's still a bit of a mess because you have to do it through Anchor and it's a bit complicated to get that to work in in sort of like your workflow if you're a podcaster. But I think that's kind of the direction of travel with it. So for podcasters, unfortunately, if you're going to be big on YouTube, you're going to have to do video properly. And then I think they're probably going to build a sort of maybe a more of a podcast search engine, flag this stuff up a bit more and it'd be like more like a tab. But I think a lot of the work at the moment is the sort of phase one prep for that. So getting people to start to do stuff, categorizing it in a certain way, and then they'll maybe start to bring out more of the features for consumers to see. For me, one of the big blockers for YouTube to automatically ingest RSS feeds is the advertising situation. Fundamentally, YouTube relies on advertising revenue from the adverts that they put into videos. If you're ingesting an RSS feed, you're ingesting everything with it, including adverts that could either be baked in or dynamically inserted by a hosting platform. So you could end up with ads on ads on ads and a really over-commercialized product. Yeah, I mean, they want you to be on kind of AdSense, uh, AdSense for YouTube and equivalents. I mean, I think there probably is some combo of their stuff at the front and your stuff in the middle and, and all of that sort of thing. But even just if it was taking an audio feed, you'd have to then like remark up ad points and then like swapping stuff out. So that's why I just don't think any of the importing is going to work. So I think if you are a podcaster, you've got to think my YouTube version is probably quite different to my RSS audio version. One, I've got to put some video on it. Two, I'm probably going to be marking up the ad breaks for YouTube AdSense than I am for my ads delivered through Acast or DAX or any of the other operators, which makes it, again, a bit more like a YouTube channel. And I think this is the, the probably the core truth is it's more about YouTube co-opting podcasters rather than podcasters co-opting YouTube. I mean, some people claim that YouTube is already the biggest podcast listening. You can't see it. I'm doing air quotes listening <laughs> platform. So it's a, it's a war they've already won in some regards. But when you look at YouTube, it's 
very different to other platforms on which we listen to podcasts from a functionality point of view things like double speed listening for example skipping forward 15 seconds things that we've become very used to using as podcast listeners don't exist on youtube and the other thing that is a stark difference between youtube and audio listening or podcast listening is the dwell time someone spends Mm. on a piece of content. I forget the exact stats, but I think it's seven seconds on average for a YouTube video, whereas podcasts have 25, 30 minutes average listen time from memory. Do you think actually YouTube integrating podcasts and more people listening to podcasts on YouTube could end up damaging podcasting by driving that average listen time down, so driving the engagement down? So we've got to be focused on what consumers want. And sometimes that different that's different to what us producers want or, or us kind of podcast fans want. And particularly if you're under 24, if you're 15 to 24, you're so super YouTube native and you've grown up with it and it's a big part of your life. And when I walk around my office around the younger desks, you know, obviously people have got multiple screens, they're running YouTube videos, like people listen to the radio and it's just a different they've grown up with a different experience and so i think that group definitely want podcasts or they want content from the things they like to be in that form and a lot again a lot of that podcast listening on youtube has come from a a small number of large shows that have really sort of adopted it and are, are, are big names the challenge i think for podcasters is yeah the audio environment and the video environment as you say are very different and it is a, a challenge. So we've, from kids, we've obviously known that this is sort of coming. And so we've been experimenting with our Story Quest podcast. So it's been a podcast for about three years. It's it's stories every week for kids, kind of six to 10 year olds. Uh, it's pretty successful. And I was like, okay, let's let's look at how we make this and let's change it into being both an audio and a video podcast. And so from a production perspective, we're going to have the presenter in vision reading the story. So we need to have a nice-ish looking studio, have a book that he, the branded book that the presenter reads and, you know, a bit more like Jack and Laurie in the old days or how CBBS does it. Kids, kids suggest stories. So we, we need to get the kids on Zoom rather than just like ring them up or, or, or read out what they, they said. And like we've really changed this production process. Now for an audio listener, it doesn't really sound that much different, but somebody who's watching it now on our website or on YouTube get, get a much, gets a much better experience. It's probably like a six month process to get all this in, in plan. And that's the challenge for podcasts is you really have to sort of rethink what you do. Now, it's not bad if you've got like a talking head show, that's quite easy to film. But if you're a drama, you know, what you put on video or if you're a documentary where you're in lots of places, that's a, that's a, a big shift. So I think it's the Talking Head shows that will kind of adopt this early on. And then it's more of a challenge for these other shows to think about how they execute um, video. But I I think it is going to be a a big part because it kind of already is a big part. But you need to play it like a YouTube channel rather than as a podcaster. And that's tough, you know, getting there's a lot of stuff on YouTube and, you know, it's hard enough to become a successful YouTuber. But that's kind of what everyone's going to have to try and try and do. So is your belief that YouTube won't be making any efforts to integrate audio into the platform as pure audio? It'll be more a blurring the lines between what is a podcast and what isn't a podcast. And I understand I was reading a report on Bloomberg that said they're offering grants of up to, I think it was $300,000 to some podcast creators in order to make video content. So is YouTube's efforts here, are they focused on convincing more podcasters to create video that accompanies their podcasts rather than turning YouTube into a podcast in terms of audio podcast platform. 
Yeah, I would be surprised if there's sort of an RSS kind of audio import type thing. I think they're trying to get the big shows, they're encouraging the big shows sometimes with money to, or promotion to be on YouTube to sort of kind of push everybody else to to opt in. And even if, you know, there's some way that it does do some audio stuff, that stuff won't travel, that won't be promoted. So if, if you want to do well in, in YouTube, you've got to do video and do all the things that successful video creators do. I think what they want is, you know, someone says, you know, there's the line in every podcast, which is, hey, listen to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts uh, or listen to us where you get your podcasts. And, you know, a big part of that's going to be YouTube. And if you say that, if you say that line on your show, you know, what is your, you know, you being on YouTube is going to be important. You know, that is where a lot of consumers are going to be. What would you do if you were in charge of YouTube, Matt? You've been uh, offered the gig out of the blue. Someone's given you a bell and said, we want you to run the podcasting space. Are they doing the right stuff or would you take a whole different approach to this? I think, for, again, from a consumer basis, you know, if YouTube is starting to say, hey, come, come and get your podcasts here, you know, what do you do for the people who don't do video? Because you still want your consumers to, to, to get it. So I think maybe there is a... a I would I would do something with audio. Maybe it's a lower level; it's not promoted. But if you want to listen to every podcast on YouTube, you can do that. That would be a, probably a, a decent you know consumer offering. I think the advertising thing is going to be hard though, because a lot of shows are built around dynamically driven ads. And mm. if you're an advertiser and you're advertising on a big show and part of it's on YouTube, you've got to that's difficult. You've got to maybe spend through your YouTube ad sales partner, and you've got to do the podcast and it does definitely make it more complex. So I'd be trying to work out ways to make it easier for the podcasts and our collective advertising clients to be able to get what they need because that's important. But you've got to remember they make a kajillion dollars a year from video advertising, Mm -hmm. which is all way bigger than podcasting is or probably ever will be. It is much more in their interest to bend us to their will than to enable our little audio dreams. We'll wait to see what YouTube do next. As it stands, youtube.com forward slash podcasts is still a URL that leads nowhere, but uh, the suggestion is it will lead somewhere at some point. Well, it, it, the URL leads somewhere in America, but it doesn't lead somewhere anywhere else. And I think that is ah. one of the other, th- that's one of the other things of, you know, podcasting is everywhere. What do you do in Norway and Sweden and India and, mm. you know, all these other places. And a lot of these, uh, you know, dot coms and tech companies are obviously still very focused on America, which is, it's, you know, it's 15% it's, you know, of the digital market. You know, it's, it's small, mm. uh, but it's obviously their, their focus. So we're lucky in Britain, at least we predominantly speak the English language, but it's even more complex, I think, if you're in other geographies. Before I let you go, Matt, I just want to throw in a couple of other social media slash audio curveballs, if that's okay, because TikTok are currently reporting that they're planning to launch a music service at some point that should or could include podcasting. Twitter were making some moves in podcasting too. Who knows what's going to happen with Twitter going forward and what Elon decides in terms of his podcasting strategy. But if you were going to go back a horse in the social media slash audio space between TikTok and YouTube and Twitter and whoever else is going to come along in the future, where's your money as to who's going to do the best job of it at the moment? I'm very sad about Twitter. I've always been a big Twitter fan, been there from the beginning. Elon Musk is mad. He's just literally, he's mad. He's, <laughs> he, he doesn't, 
takes no advice. Everything's driven by his own views. He quite likes podcasts. He appears on podcasts. So maybe maybe podcasting is, is higher up the list. But I mean, I think it's just going to be a, a complete mess. So let's let's not worry about Twitter. I think the, the platform that's brilliant is TikTok. I think it's an amazing platform. Um, it's hugely popular. We've done with some other projects, we've been doing some videos of podcasts and putting them on YouTube Shorts and TikTok. Uh, both done really well. There's obviously a lot of viral uh, spreading in there. So whereas a lot mm. of the older social platforms, you need your followers to follow you to see anything. And then you, yeah. or you hope for some retweets. Whereas with TikTok and YouTube, if people kind of hover over and watch your videos and they get distributed to more people because you, the platforms know that there's something in what you've, what you've put on. And so I think for like podcast promotion, I think there's loads of great opportunities on TikTok. And I would imagine if they launch a more fully featured music service, then they would do podcasting with that. I would and I'd obviously hope they, they would. Um, I think there has been some rumours, maybe something James Cridler mentioned that there's been a TikTok bot that's been looking at podcast feeds and things. So definitely I think something they're maybe experimenting with. Uh, but again, like short form video is much more achievable for podcasters to put on these platforms. So the ability to link that to listen natively, I think is, is, a, is a good thing and would be a great thing for podcasts. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in in YouTube Shorts and in and in TikTok more generally. But I'd say if you haven't really spent much time on TikTok or you just watch your kids do it or, or children in your life, then get an account, sit there for 20 minutes. And within like five minutes, it'll have worked out what you like to watch. It'll start showing you those things. And um, it's a very addictive platform. People spend a lot of time on TikTok. You were talking about kind of people spending time with podcasts earlier. I think actually, again, maybe it could be a really interesting platform for audio content creators. That's where I'm at the moment. I'm still slightly scared by TikTok, but get served nothing but dog and DIY videos at the moment. It's got my number. It's clearly worked out what I like. <laughs> That's it. They've, they've worked you out. Yeah. They've worked it, yeah. Matt, pleasure as always. Lovely to speak to you about YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. And I wait to see whether your predictions come true. Cheers for your time. Thanks. Thanks to Matt for his time on today's podcast. Insightful and knowledgeable as always. You can find all the links for Matt's stuff in the podcast bio, along with the links to the episode that Matt mentioned just now that he did previously on Sound Business, where we talked about Amazon's attempts to make a radio-like social audio product. If you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe and follow so you get the next episode as soon as it's ready. If you're into audio and you love podcasting, this is a great way to keep abreast of the latest news. And if you want a chat about your audio strategy or what you're doing in the world of podcasting, get in contact with the VoiceWorks team, voiceworks.ai.